I remember while living in the garage, I I knew that the only way to break the cycle of poverty was to get an education. Actress, model, and author Blanca Blanco grew up around Chilean. Her family, farm workers from Mexico, had very little money, but Blanco pursued her future dreams at Washington State University. In her memoir, Breaking the Mold, Blanco tells her story from living in a garage to a college degree to an acting career in Hollywood. You're listening to Viewscapes, stories from Washington State Magazine, connecting you to Washington State University, the state, and the world. In this episode, Magazine Associate Editor Adriana Janovich talks with Blanco about her book, her time at WSU, and her career in TV and movies. Hi, I'm Blanca Blanco, and I live in Beverly Hills. I'm an actress, and I went to WSU for my undergrad, and uh, I loved it there, and I'm actually a proud cougar. I'm here to talk about my book. I wrote a book during the lockdown because I thought that we needed more stories of hope and resilience and overcoming hardships. And I write a lot of information about my experience at WSU. I'm excited about sharing the book with you guys. I definitely have a lot of great memories from growing up in Chilean. Even though we live in a car garage, my family of six, eventually seven, we didn't have any hot water. We had no heating and the winters were so icy that um, basically like I, I could see my breath in the garage. It felt like you were in an igloo. I remember while living in the garage, I, I knew that the only way to break the cycle of poverty was to get an education because I saw the struggles my parents went through because of they didn't have a degree from the US and they, they had the language barrier. So I also, begin learning English at an early age, age of nine. And I knew that the only way I was going to get out of poverty is to attend college. And that's what I focus on my entire childhood. Where did that idea that education can break the cycle, where did that come from? Yes, well, I definitely, I knew that we had limitations. Like I could see that. And I knew that my parents didn't have jobs like other people. Like my father worked in the fields, picking apples, uh, making $4 an hour for a family of seven. My mom was a babysitter. And so I knew that the jobs that they had were not jobs that were helping them in, in many ways that they needed. So, and then also while in school, I, got, I had a lot of great support from teachers where they were reinforced that idea, like, you can change your life pattern if you just get an education. That's the key. And so definitely it's from, from teachers and also just, you know, experiencing the struggles. We're not having, you know, food at home. We would eat at school. That was like Monday through Friday. The weekends we didn't like because then we had to struggle. We would go to the Salvation Army, the food banks. We didn't have a, a shower or a tub hookup so we would ask you know some neighbors or just some relative I will brush my teeth at school but even though I didn't have a lot of the the basic needs my mom was very supportive and very loving that it just didn't feel like 
we were that poor, you know? When did you kind of have that kind of realization that not everyone lives like us, like not everyone lives like this? We never really had nice clothes. Like everything we got was from the Salvation Army and they would have holes or just stuff like that. I knew that we, we looked different. And compared to other kids where they would do things on the weekends, you know, they were, oh, I went skiing, I did this, I went on a vacation. Or I remember the Christmas, I didn't like the Christmas time going back because then the teachers would ask, everyone is going to tell us what you got for Christmas. And I would just make up stuff. I'm like, oh, I got this. But I was just making it up because I would get like something like a puzzle with missing pieces, you know, or socks. (laughs) So I just wouldn't say anything or I would just say oh yeah I got a shirt you know and then where's the shirt (laughs) but I realized that we we had a different lifestyle and we were being lines waiting for the turkeys for the the turkey dinner I think at one point in the book you write about how your dad basically told you not to go to college so my father he was very old school very traditional machismo was something that he really believed that women belong in the kitchen only he didn't believe women should get an education or that i should be playing sports that's not a sport that's only for boys i had to fight for my freedom and independence and i couldn't understand why my brother was allowed to do sports and i couldn't and so then i would just still stay in, in practice once i decided i was going to go to college because i realized I'm not going to follow the family tradition because that's not what I believe in. I'm going to make my own path because I want a path that is going to have a different lifestyle. And so I applied for schools and got scholarships. And that's how I was able to to go to school. But when, when I moved to school, my father didn't talk to me for a year because I was rebellious by going to college. So, but that was expected, you know, and so I really encourage people that even if you have parents that don't want you to go to school, follow your instincts because education is the key. Even though with all the struggles, I just thought I just have to work harder. Did you ever at any point feel like giving up and going home? Never. I really love the independence that I could just be and becoming, uh, having my own voice, having my own opinions. And I knew that I was learning so much that I was very glad that I didn't just allow the family tradition to just interfere with my choices. And then how did you decide on WSU after community college? It was one of my dream schools. I just picture myself there. I know they have, you know, great teachers and it's a small community, just like my town. So I just felt that that was a good match for me. What about psychology interested you? I always enjoy the human interactions, behaviors, what drives a human mind. And I just thought I'm just such a nerd. This is my area, (laughs) psychology, you know, just understanding what drives people. When I went there, I was very blessed. The teachers were amazing. I learned so much from them. I still apply everything that I learned to my life here. So definitely it is a program that really influenced my life and my career. And now, especially as an actress. How do you apply 
the psychology that you learned at WSU and then later at, at Eastern Washington University into your roles? Well, definitely whenever you work on a role, you have to find out what is the emotional state of the character. And so you have to really like dig in within yourself and then you have to like bring out emotions. You also need to understand the dynamic in the scene. What is the objective, the relationship between the two? So psychology really helped me. It's like doing like an assessment. You know, I'm able to provide the information. And then also I go always go back to childhood with every character. Like I develop their childhood. And that's stuff that I have just learned, you know, in psychology. You learn about how everything affects you from childhood. That's how everything starts. So everything that I learned, it's applicable. And then also group dynamic. There's a lot of, you know, every set is new crew, new directors. You got to learn how to work with different personalities and behaviors. And uh, it prepared me for, for that career. Talk just a little bit about your time in Pullman at WCU on campus or you know, do you, what are some memories that you have of, of living here? Where did you kind of spend the most time? I know the library was one of those places. Oh, I know. The library is the best library I have ever seen. It's so beautiful and iconic. I would spend like eight hours there a day, sometimes on the weekends. I had my own room there. Like I would schedule it, the study room. I remember walking in the snow and that was painful. (laughs) The struggle was real going up to the classes, but definitely I just felt very proud to be there. This is what is going to change my life. And then my internship, I did it in Portland and that's, that's why I moved to Portland. And at the same time in Portland, I was doing commercials. I was doing short films. I was taking, doing workshops. I was preparing to move to Los Angeles because as a child when I was in the garage I would do a lot of plays like in scenes in in the garage it was like a way of just like I had so much passion for it and but when I would tell people oh I'm gonna be an actress in Hollywood they would just you know look at me like I'm a weirdo like uh, sure you know so I just learned not to say anything about that dream because it comes across like a little bit on you know illogical <laughs> So, so I just thought, okay, well, actions speak louder, you know? So I thought once I, then once I was ready, I finished my degree, I moved to Los Angeles and started working as an actress. And most people, classmates were like, oh, wow, we had no clue. (laughs) With academia, everything is predictable. You know, you study and you, you get good grades, but here You could take all the workshops in the world, do all this training, and you don't even get a call back. You would be working in one movie and then maybe four months later on another one or maybe six months later. So um, basically, I learned how to just go with the flow. How did you kind of break into the business? So I knew that when I came here, I realized I need to get a real job in the beginning. So what I did was I worked in hospice care for four years. I was also, you know, doing my auditions, doing my trainings, my classes, workshops. Um, Eventually, I joined the union. That's when I decided to quit my job. And it took six months until I booked something after. And I was like the whole time thinking, oh, my God, did I make a mistake? I got an agent. I got a manager. Like the entire team that I needed. Out of 10 auditions, you maybe get one call back. 
And so then I had to learn to just let go and, you know, move on after each audition because it really hits your self-esteem when you're going to so many auditions and then you don't hear back. There's so many areas that it's not in my control. Have you been working throughout the pandemic or did that kind of shut things down for a while? Everything was shut down for, for the industry. That's when I decided to write my book. I just thought, well, I cannot watch Netflix all day. <laughs> I got to do something. What was the writing process like for you? I mean, if you've done graduate school, you know, level research, obviously you've written papers and things before, but that's different than writing a memoir. Um, oh, yeah. How was it for you that, because um, it's really personal and you really have to, I feel, dig deep into yourself. Yeah, I had to do the opposite of my writing from college. Whenever I felt I was like doing similar to college, I had to stop and be like, no, like I cannot do that. I wanted to be transparent and really share my my feelings. It was an emotional process for me because my life is divided in two. You know, I have like the public life and then I have the private life. And I like to keep both separate. When writing this book, I'm just like, oh God, like I can believe I'm doing this because I am exposing my private life to go into uh, the world is going to be something that I haven't done. So that gave me a lot of stress, but I like that, well, I cannot just not follow through what I started. Why did you want to write it in the first place? Well, I did it because I just thought we needed more stories of hope. It's time for me to share my dark moments in my life even if I just help one person uh, that's already good it took me a lot of uh, a lot of anxiety to really release the book because it's like totally opposite from my nature I feel like you know there's there's a lot of um, in Washington state and in California in, in the Central Valley and and in Yakima Valley and Chelan and Wenatchee there's a lot of children still whose parents are farm workers who you know want something else for their kids and and I feel like your book could really resonate with them and inspire them um, and help them see that there's something else out there for them and, and and it starts with school hopefully when I was in school I didn't see a lot of Latinos going to college even just like it was expected that you were just gonna graduate and get married I didn't have a lot a lot of role models in school but I remember I went to a training in DC like there were a lot of Latinos like me with their parents being farm workers and I would meet the professionals like the same people that were were immigrants that were living you know in situations like mine that were share their their stories and they're like top scientists in the world they're like high positions in the US and I'm like wow so that's possible that, that opened my eyes because before I was, I didn't have a lot of confidence. I'm like, how am I going to do this? My Latino friends, I would like share, like, I'm going to go to college. And they're like, oh, that's only for white people. And I'm like, seriously? What are you working on now? So I'm going to be working on season two of Tale of Tales. And it's been doing really good. The first season got so many awards. So I just finished Eye for Eye, which is a Western it took place in 1800s, and I was the lead. We shot in Montana, so it really felt like 1800s. That there was no reception at all. That's another thing about my job. I work in so many places. 
it just doesn't feel like a job, you know, it just feels like a passion. If you have a passion for something, don't allow anyone to dictate your future. You make, you're the decision maker, not anyone else. Sometimes you have to break traditions in order for you to get by and, and get through the steps that you need to in order to, to become who you want to become. We can't blame other people for our decisions. We're the ones making the choices. So we got, you got to make sure that you, it's something that you want to do because at the end of the day, that's going to be your life that you're, that you're shaping. Even if you're living in poverty, remember that that doesn't define you. You're more than poverty. There's other layers that define you. We just have to work harder. Thanks for listening to Viewscapes. Greg Yazanitsky composed and performed the theme music. Read more about Blanco in the summer 2022 issue at magazine.wsu.edu.